Alright, 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 Leadheads. It is that time for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Bringing it to you each and every week. Uh, as long as I'm healthy and not sick under the weather. Uh, sometimes even then. Which, uh, I'm on the tail end of it, as you heard last episode, where our guest was Jeff Kirkham and Jared Markle. We kicked off the Talking Lead Full 30 Amazing Gun Shortage Giveaway. And uh, that's well underway. We have, we've got over 20 companies that are taking part in that. We have five prize packages that are going to go to five winners on Christmas. We're going to make the announcement Christmas sometime. The contest ends on Christmas Eve. And then we'll make the announcement uh, there sometime after. Um, but it's an awesome giveaway. We've got links on our social media. You can go to uh, Talking Lead's Instagram page. There's a link to the Gleam giveaway there. We've got links on Facebook. Uh, all the other companies are making posts. We've got companies uh, like Glock, like Sky Firearms. Primary Arms has put up a Smith & Wesson MP9. We've got a Browning Buck Mark 22 LR pistol that is going to come with a 22 suppressor. So that's kind of like our... Our grand prize winner is going to get that. Uh, and then we've got um, the Glock 48 and the two of the Skies, two of the, I think they call them, what do they call them? The CPX 2RDs. And those come with red dot sights, those pistols do, nine millimeters. Uh, so two of those, the Glock and the Smith & Wesson and the Browning. 22. So five packages with five guns. Each one of those packages has got an additional, like, I don't know, $1,200 worth of prizes that are going to be coming with it. Buck Knives is in on this. Uh, Night Fission is in. We've got uh, some awesome backpacks from Geisley that uh, you're going to be able to shove all this stuff into and carry it around. Mission First Tactical has several things that they're throwing in there. We've got some pepper spray and some dump trays and some minimal wallets and uh, some drinkware that they're throwing in. Uh, the Buck Knives is a 112 Slim Pro knife. Um, Diamond D Leather Holsters has a holster for that G48. Talking Lead, we're throwing in some of our T-shirts and patches. And 1776 United's throwing in a gift card. We've even got cigars in these packages, ladies and gentlemen. So these would make awesome Christmas presents. So tell your, your buddy, tell your loved ones, tell them to enter. There's several opportunities for you to get more entries. It's one of those where you go and like pages, Facebook pages, Instagram pages, subscribe to us on Full 30. Uh, you get more entries that way. Tell friends. You get additional entries. Uh, so don't forget about that. And if you need a link to it, you can email me, talkinglead at gmail.com, and I'll send you the link. I'll email you the link if you can't find a link on any of the social medias or uh, in our show notes. I'm putting links in our show notes also for each of these episodes on our website. Go talkinglead.com uh, for that. So something you don't want to miss out on. And, uh, you know, with Christmas coming up, if you're, if you're looking for gifts, you're hard-pressed to find a, a good gift. I mean, what better gift 
could you give a loved one then the gift of training? And we're offering that. Jared Seagraves with 212 Training Group is joining me today. Jared, welcome in. What's up? Hey, buddy. What's up, Bladheads? How's Glad Texas? Here, man. Texas is awesome. Always, Texas isn't it? Texas is beautiful. That's right. Can't beat Texas. So we're having, so, yeah. uh, we're putting together a training course, you and I, and uh, it's we've made announcements on prior episodes. So if you haven't heard, we're going to tell you about it again here on this episode. But this would make a great uh, Christmas present. And uh, absolutely, man. There's ways that uh, you know Jared can work with you guys on like gift cards or something like that. If maybe maybe you wanted to get with uh, a couple other family members going together. And maybe pay for part of someone's uh, training course that wanted to attend our Talking Lead uh, AK Corner training course that we're doing. It's AK Concepts here in Nashville, Tennessee, February the 20 and 21st at Royal Range USA. Uh, you can go to 212 Training Group's website. Give them that website, Jared. Yeah, you can reach us at 212traininggroup.com or 212firearmstraining.com. And we've got the course posted, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Royal Range is a fantastic um, facility, and we're super excited about being there. It'll be our first time there. Um, yeah, one of the best things you can give someone is knowledge or the ability to go out and acquire that knowledge. Um, so if you're interested in doing something like that and, and giving somebody a gift card, just give us a shout. Contact us on uh, by email, through the website, on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook. Uh, super easy to reach and we'll make it happen so um yeah it's a great time to to give somebody the gift of knowledge and and we're open to help you do that there you go uh, i mean if you wanted to pay for the whole course for them that's awesome uh if you wanted to pay for partial uh of it like i was telling you jared can do gift cards and then you can gift that individual uh, those gift cards and they can use that and, and apply it towards uh, this AK Corner Concepts course that we're doing. And tell a little bit what we're going to be covering in that course, Jared. Well, we've got we've got two days, and we're going to cram that two days full. Um, of course, you, you can never have concentrate too much on the fundamentals of shooting. And, of course, we're going to we're going to about those and cover those. But uh, I know that most of the lead heads are, are fairly squared away. But what we're really going to dive into is us. It doesn't matter if it's in, it's the AK or the AR, handgun, shotgun. Um, that's the tool. And we really are going to dive into us. And, and when I say that, I mean what we want to give you is the tools to make your practice when you leave this class more meaningful, more deliberate, more valuable. Every single trigger press is going to be an opportunity for you to learn something. Learn something about the platform, learn something about yourself, learn something about how we process information in, in situations like this. And that's what we're really going to work on is, is ourselves. We're the tool, or we're the weapon. That's, that's what it really boils down to. And the platform that we choose is the tool. Um, so we're gonna talk about our learning styles, we're going to talk about how we can best process information under these ideal circumstances so that it would better prepare us uh, in the unfortunate event that we ever had to um, utilize a firearm. Because ultimately, our goal is, you know, 
not to have to use it. God forbid, you know, we ever have to, but we want to make those processes subconscious to some extent so that we can process the situation and not the platform itself because our brains are, are like computers. We're running background for background programs all the time, but we have to process the situation at hand and running that AK-47 or whatever platform we choose should be running in the background. Yeah. And, and that's kind and this of some could, This course is going to be, I mean, whether you're uh, an old hat at, at running the AK, you're new to it, whatever it may be, this course uh, is going to, you know, you're talking about muscle memory, basically, you know, is, is getting your, your body used to doing something over and over and over again to where it's just natural, where you don't have to think about it and do it. Uh, so, you know, whether you're a beginner, you know, this would be a great course to get into and start, start those muscle memory um, synapses going, you know, getting them going for you, starting it. Or if, uh, again, you know, it's something that you do and you train a lot and you do with the AKs, uh, this would be something to help you keep honing that, you know, and keep that muscle memory and, and keep those synapses going. So, And, and we're going to try and develop a, you know, a baseline for each shooter. It doesn't matter what your current level of performance is or, or what you feel it is. We're going to give you that baseline and then build upon that, regardless of your current, uh, current level of performance. Very cool. Very cool. So, guys, go to uh, the website again, Jared. 212firearmstraining.com or 212traininggroup.com will also get you there. And, uh, again, you can also contact us on Instagram or Facebook and uh, plenty of ways, plenty of avenues for you to get a hold of us. Yeah. And like I said, you can go ahead and sign up for the course there or if you want to get some gift cards, a great uh, Christmas gift, uh, stocking stuff or whatever, you know, however you want to give that, um, you know, go get the, the gift cards and then they can use that and apply it towards the class. So some some choices and opportunities there for some great uh, Christmas presents because Christmas ain't canceled. I don't care what Biden says. <laughs> they can't shut it down. Yeah, you know, and uh, he's not president yet. He don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Fiocchi family has been producing high-quality ammunition since 1876. In 2020, Fiocchi's launching a full line of premium products, everything from self and home defense to the long-range categories. The Fiocchi Blue Guardian line will feature specially tuned products specifically for home and self-defense, featuring lead-free technology and the only NATO-certified zero-pollution primer in the world. Fiocchi's a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Fiocchi trains, Fiocchi protects. Another thing that you guys can do is we've got the 1776 United, we've got uh, 1776united.com, we've got the Talking Lead uh, apparel there, our, our classic Talking Lead logo t-shirts, our uh, Leadhead Brigade t-shirts, our Leadhead Brigade patches, those make great gifts. Uh, and then our new partnership with Factory 47 for you AK Corner listeners, fans, you can go there and we've got our t-shirts, our hoodies, and our drinkware uh, available at Factory 47. You can go there and get those to make great gifts. So still time to get all that uh, for Christmas. So Jared, it's been a while since I've done the uh, Talking Lead Jack Wagon train. And I think we should do that now. Take care of some Jack Wagons and honor some heroes. So we'll gunny. bring that train in. There you go. Hey, Ralph, Zipper Pie, do or die, hold them high at 8th and 9th. It is time for the Talking Lead 
jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, the train has stationed. And as far as jack wagons go, man, I don't really have uh, a whole lot other than, you know, still just the media. You and I were talking a little bit uh, offline there, and I haven't and I haven't really watched TV much, haven't watched the news, listened to the news, haven't read a lot. Uh, but I sat down before we did the show and got on CNN, Fox, ABC, NBC, and was just kind of scanning through to see if there's anything new, different, you know, that they might be talking about. And, Probably not. And it, it's the same, same old crap. Uh, so uh, it didn't take me long to get caught up on that, so... Uh, I'm throwing the the news media on for not, uh, um, I guess the word I want to use is for not uh, being uh, diverse in their news reporting. We'll put it that way. (laughs) Being one-minded, single-track-minded, you know, uh, it's just, it's old, it's getting old, it's sick, and I can't believe that these news stations, people still watch them. It's all about... The COVID updates is all they focus on. Yeah, and and who cares? I mean, really, at this point, who really cares? It's it's beyond ridiculousness. So I want to focus on heroes. And uh, my first hero is a, a good friend of mine and a longtime leadhead, Zach Hall. Zach is with Atlas Defense. He's been on the show several times. A lot of you leadheads uh, know Zach. Uh, he's just a super great guy, smart guy, extremely uh, smart guy. I've been behind a lot of the designs there at Atlas Defense with their, their suppressors and their guns. Uh, but Zach was diagnosed with stage four cancer not too long ago. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, with stage four, people are fighting for their lives. So. Uh, we want to put Zach into our thoughts and prayers, and there is a GoFundMe set up for Zach, and I'm trying to find it. Do you have that link there? You said you saw it. Let's see. I saw it earlier today, but I don't have it right here. Yeah, so you can go to GoFundMe. And it looks like Zach's, Z-A-C-H-S, stage four colon cancer uh, is where it should you should find that. So if you just search Zach's stage four colon cancer, there'll be a, pa- a picture of uh, Zach and Stephanie there. Uh, she's a cute redhead. You'll know you found the right page there. And you can donate uh, to help him with his fight with this, this cancer. And I think he's really got a, a good chance of beating this. So, uh, Leadheads, chip in, show a fellow Leadhead some uh, some awesome support there, and go to his GoFundMe page, Zach Hall. Keep keep him in your prayers, because there is power in that. Personal, like I said, a personal hero of mine. The guy is super smart. He knows uh, more about firearms and, and cans and suppressors than uh, most of us. You know, he's forgot about more than most of us know. So, great dude there. What about you? You got any heroes? Well, man, I, I know that this is broad, but just just the people that are continuing to to march forward and do what they're doing every single day. I've, I've had the opportunity to see a lot of great people over the last couple of weeks and train with a lot of great people. And uh, 
and talked to, I spent a lot of time on the phone last few days with range owners and hosts. And it's just awesome to, to know that people are still out there rocking and, uh, the American people are pretty awesome. So that's all I got. Well, I'll have to get a big, uh, lead force one to, to hold all the, all the great Americans. Right? Hell yeah. Absolutely. We'll, we'll make it happen though. No doubt. So I see that, that Brian has joined us. Brian Keeney with Occam Defense Solutions. Brian, welcome in. Hello all. Sorry to be a little late today, but very happy to be here. No, that's fine. You're building, you're building badass AK-47s. That's why you're late, <laughs> and that's awesome. Yeah, we've we've uh, really gotten our poop in a group lately. As one of our uh, uh, Matt Soas, one of our our customers and dealers up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, likes to say. I had not heard that till recently, but it's a very G-rated uh, expression. That <laughs> I, yeah, it made my wife, who handles all of our orders, really giggle when she first saw that. So that's become a, a favorite expression lately. Um, but yeah, just want to second all the people still showing up and being well-behaved in the face of every reason to behave badly. And uh, so... Yeah, keep doing it, guys. Like, I'm still able to get steel because you guys are hauling it for me. And so I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hauling it and cutting it. Hell yeah. yeah. Very good. So I've got, uh, unless you guys have any more, I've got one more, and that's going to get us into our, our topic here. And we're continuing our Liberty Series, if you can't tell by the lineup of guests that we have. Uh, and we may have a couple more join us. I don't know. Have you guys heard from... Uh, I, the either either of the other two guys? I haven't heard from LOP. Okay. I don't know. I'll see if I can arouse him here. Yeah. So in, in the midst of, you know, I was talking about the news earlier, and then I guess the last episode we had talked about, or maybe the episode before that, we had talked about these govern, government officials, these governors uh, that you've heard around the country that are, you know, imposing these, these curfews, closing down businesses, deciding what's essential, what's non-essential, uh, you know, and expecting their um, uh, constituents, I guess, whatever, uh, to follow suit and, and do as they're told. Uh, but then you see in the, in the media and the news that they're out having parties, socializing, gathering, uh, you know, doing everything that they're telling you not to do. Um, and then when you do it, they send, you know, their dogs, their hounds out on you, citations, arrests, you know, this, that, and the other. So uh, this post uh, was earlier, I don't know, a couple of days ago, but th this goes into my heroes, and it is, what is his name? Chad Bianco, Sheriff Chad, Chad Bianco. Chad Bianco, yep. He is a Riverside County, and Riverside County is, is that, is that um, California? I think that, L.A., yeah, right? L.A. So I want to I play yeah, this North, video. North L.A. County just a little bit, yep. Okay, I'm going to play this video, and you, this is Sheriff Chad Bianco, and you're going to see where I'm going with this, if you haven't already heard this, so. Hello, I'm Riverside County Sheriff Chad Bianco. We have all recently learned of the new regional approach to combating COVID-19 and the pending closure and stay-at-home orders from our governor. 
We were also told that there was a potential he would be withholding federal and state funding from counties who did not enforce the orders. Ironically, it wasn't that long ago our same governor loudly and publicly argued how wrong it was for the President of the United States to withhold federal funding from states not complying with federal laws. The dictatorial attitude toward California residents while dining in luxury, traveling, keeping his business open, and sending his kids to in-person private schools is very telling about his attitude toward California residents, his feelings about the virus, and it is extremely hypocritical. These closures and stay-at-home orders are flat-out ridiculous. The metrics used for closures are unbelievably faulty and are not representative of true numbers and are disastrous for Riverside County. When the medical field is so split about this virus, it might be time to employ a little common sense. Keeping money and support from our hospitals who are struggling with normal, seasonal increases in patients coupled with COVID-19 patients is irresponsible. It appears part of the new goal is to shift attention away from his and others' personal behavior with a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do attitude by turning public opinion against California sheriffs. He is expecting us to arrest anyone violating these orders, cite them and take their money, close their businesses, make them stay in their homes, and take away their civil liberties, or he will punish all of us. I believe that all jobs are essential to someone. Leaders do not threaten, attempt to intimidate, or cause fear. Bullies do. As has been our position from the beginning of this pandemic, the Sheriff's Department is asking and expecting Riverside County residents to act responsibly and do what they can to protect themselves and their family from contracting the virus. Wear your mask and practice social distancing. While the Governor's Office and the state has threatened action against violators, the Riverside County Sheriff's Department will not be blackmailed, bullied, or used as muscle against Riverside County residents in the enforcement of the governor's orders. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a safe and Happy New Year. Hello. So there you go. That was a, an Instagram uh, post. Uh, anyway, you get the point. So, I mean, it was very... Uh, obviously political of this guy to come out and, and make this video. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of what we want to talk about today is uh, sheriffs and what the role of a sheriff is and I don't know where it's going to lead, but we're going to, we're going we're gonna to kind of just kick it off with that. But I wanted to point this guy out to, to have the balls to come out, uh, especially in a politically charged environment like California and just paint a big target on his back like he just did. Uh, but he's basically saying, and I don't think it went into this one, but he was basically saying that, you know, you guys go out and enjoy your Christmas, gather, you know, be safe about it, be smart about it, use common sense, uh, but don't be afraid to to celebrate uh, Christmas with your loved ones uh, without fear of them coming in and, you know, gestapoing your ass, so... Uh, great for Chad Bianco to do this. There's probably other sheriffs that have done this around the country as well, uh, and I hope so. And if you leadheads have heard of it or you know of one, shoot me an email, talkingletgmail.com, uh, and we'll definitely recognize them. Uh, but 
uh, hopefully by other sheriffs seeing what he's done, they're going to come out and they're also going to see how hypocritical that um, these leaders are, these governors, these mayors uh, are, and uh, that they're not going to stand for it and they're not going to invo- uh, enforce these unconstitutional rules. They're not even laws. They're, they're, they're guidelines that they've set out. Uh, so um, that's kind of where we're leading in with our topic today. And uh, Jared uh, can, can give us a better overview because this is kind of something that he's been wanting to talk about for a few weeks now. So uh, Jared, just kind of drive us in the direction that, that, that you're wanting to head here. Yeah. So Marty, you and I had a phone conversation. I was sitting on a plane heading to a training in, in Phoenix. And, um, I'd had this conversation with some people that are close to me in the, in the days leading up to our conversation. And it was basically, if we are looking down the road at January, and we have we have a, a Biden Harris um, um, win. However, that's going to play out. And and our firearms community, and I know every leadhead listening is already thinking to this point because we have heard Joe Biden sit next to Beto O'Rourke and and say, "This is going to be my guy. This is the guy that's going to come come." take down the, take the AKs, take the ARs. We're, we're going to make this happen. And no matter how much we, we kind of chuckle and say, ha, that's not going to happen. Well, the reality is they're going to make a big push. And Americans have been maybe a little bit oblivious to the trampling of our uh, constitutional rights that have occurred. I mean, you look at freedom of speech, what that that's, <laughs> we could do an entire show about that. We've talked about this before, but when you start really talking about firearms and our rights and federal overreach, that's coming. They're going to make an effort. And we have alluded to, or talked about, uh, what the events transpired in Virginia last year, and the farther we go, I really feel like that was just a little pilot program to see what the reaction was going to be. It was the litmus test to an extent. They wanted to see what the American people were going to do, what law enforcement was going to do. And now they've got a pretty damn good idea. So in the event that our rights, specifically in this case, the Second Amendment right, are really hammered and we i think all of us know that they're gonna they're going to they've already lined outlined that they're going to try and outlaw online parts sales online gun sales online ammo sales require background checks for anything for ammo purchases they already do it in california long story short what do we do what do we do what does it look like um, the mont the, the the battle cry you know in, from Gonzales Texas come and take it everybody wants to stand up and say that but what steps are going to happen prior to that what can we do we see the the left progressive liberal movement hitting the streets burning down buildings looting and there's no repercussions period. 
we don't do that. We're not going to do that. So at the risk of using a, a term that some of us cringe at hearing, I do, is community organizing. What, what, what are our solutions? And I've talked to so many of my friends, family, peers, professionals, law enforcement agents at the sheriff's department, the police department, and I've, I've posed these questions and everyone says, man, I really don't know. I don't have the answer. So above all else, I wanted to spark this conversation, this thought process so that leadheads would start having these conversations with each other, with members of their community. So I have a whole list of, of questions that are tough questions to answer, but we've got to start down this road because there's so much that can be done between where we're at right now and where so many people think we might end up very rapidly. Um, you know, that, and, and that's, that's a hard, hard thing to think down, but that's why we're here. Well, let's, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's go over your questions and maybe we can, um, either hypothesize or we can talk through them and, you know, we, maybe we have some answers, maybe we don't, but, uh, yeah, I think that'd be so, a, g- a good place to start with, um, with our listeners just to kind of give them an idea of, of where we're headed with this. So the number one question that I had, um, and it, it plays right into the number one solution, I think, is how will we as citizens, as Americans, within our, even within our local communities, organize to oppose such steps taken at the federal level? And we, we, how do we organize? There's so many avenues for us to communicate with one another now that we do it all on a screen. That has to, that has to be pushed aside and we have to start talking face-to-face within our communities to not only people that have the same stance or beliefs that we do politically, but also those that take possibly a neutral or even opposing stance. And the, the answer there is initiating conversations, discussing facts, putting emotions aside and focusing on fact and educating, leducating the uneducated. And, and I, I use this term very purposefully is there's a lot of ignorance out there when we, when we talk about the public perception of the firearms community. And there is, and I don't disagree with that. Let me back up a little bit. How do you, or, or why do you think that it's better to have these discussions face-to-face live versus uh, through the Internet? Through because ultimately, or- it, ultimately it, re- it results in a greater level of respect, in my opinion. But how are you going to get past these, especially if you're trying to talk to the opposing side of things that are so adamant about social distancing and and not meeting and not getting into groups? Because, you know, that's their big defense and not having to talk about this stuff right now. Yeah. And and maybe we can't have these discussions face to face at this point in time. Um, But but this is the time they need to be had. Right. And what I envision is when you're out in your daily community and you, you see someone, you, you, you figure out how to spark these conversations or invite them 
invite them to how do, how does the the opposing um, view how do they organize? I don't know because I've never they done get this. in groups. They, they yeah, it's what I mean. They, they meet get, they face to face. They they they're hypocrites. Yeah, they're they, obviously they, hypocrites. They, but they use right, that as a tool post- not to have to talk to us about their their views and and uh, us to be able to you know, present our side of things. So. Agreed. So they post events. They, so they so that being said, uh, I think we need to concentrate more on our tribe, building our tribe, building our community, um, those that are willing to meet face-to-face, uh, and then grow it from there, that, just, just like what they're that's doing. That's rock solid. That's rock solid. That's, that's you know what often is referred to as a grassroots effort, and that's a catchphrase that's used, and people throw that term around, but... I don't think people really and truly understand what that means. I, you know, I don't even understand what that means. The problem is we don't have time or we have the perception that we don't have time to go out and protest or organize because we think, well, hell, I've got a job. You know, I've got kids that are in sports. I've got to go home and make sure my kids are doing their damn assignments online and we have to make time, and that's a that's an extremely rare commodity. Is that time? But yeah. if we don't start doing it, we're sunk. Brian, what do you? We have yeah. I want to hear well, say something. I want to hear Brian. As, as I mentioned to you guys off air, I I'm not feeling very intelligent um, with regard to answering these questions, but I because they're hard. Yeah, they're very hard, and um, but I do have a couple of of reactions to what you guys have said thus far. One of them, there's a curious psychological phenomenon that I think after I describe it, everybody will, uh, realize it to be true that, um, the typical, um, output, the the typical outcome of when anti-gunners and gunners or the, the, the particular anecdote that I'm, I'll just tell the story. Let me, let me go there. Um, that in, uh, Massachusetts in the nineties, there was a, uh, um, a very, I'll say militant pro-life movement and, um, the tensions in, I'm from Rhode Island originally and in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, there's, it's a very Catholic area and there were a lot of pro-life folks and that's a sort of general, um, trait among, um, conservatives, but, um, back then, it correlated a little more um, to religious faith, and uh, the tensions ratcheted up so much that some people ended up getting killed. Um, some, I think, workers at abortion clinics, if I don't, if I remember correctly, ended up getting murdered by one dude in particular. It was pretty effective, and um, there was a recognition that the tensions had gotten too high uh, from the leaders of both sides, and so they. They got together to meet, I forget if it was once a week or once a month, to figure out if they could um, get to some kind of common ground. And the curious outcome of that is that they all became very close as friends, but they also became more strident in their opinions. Both sides got more hardcore in their convictions. And I think that's probably because they had a chance to voice them against a good opponent and the but and they were intelligent people more or less from what i understand 
And, uh, but the outcome was that they got sunk in deeper, even though they found the humanity in the other. And so there's an upside in that they weren't killing each other anymore, or that's an upside depending on where you stand on the issue, I guess. Um, and, uh, but it didn't result in any kind of policy shift among the participants. And so it's, it's my contention that trying to reason with people that are hard dug in anti-2A is not going to result in very much positive movement. But, and it's a very important but, we have an enormous number of liberal new gun owners in the gun culture. And they don't know anything yet because they're brand new gun owners. And I'm sure there's some new conservative gun owners out there too. This is a golden, it's a, it's a real risk that um, we have a whole bunch of firearms accidents and kids digging out guns out of their mother's purse, purses and accidentally shooting themselves or somebody else that tragically happened down in Southern Idaho a couple of years back. We've got an opportunity for a lot of bad stuff to happen there and anti-gunners to get more ammo for their, uh, for their cause. But we also have people that are ripe for conversion to being hardcore 2A people. They bought a gun because they realized why you need one. So there's a, an obvious play here to take a new gun owner to the range. And uh, for 99% of us, I bet we don't get to the range enough. And so you could kill two birds with one stone, get some range time in, maybe bring your kids, their kids, and them, and have a really positive, safe experience. And um, that's a that great point. Yeah. Strikes me as low hanging fruit that we can we can build our side with the swing voters, as it were. Let's not worry about the left wing. I think that that ship is done sailed. They think, you know, the hardcore left thinks that we're white supremacists and should be in re-education camps. So I, I don't think spending much time on them is very good. But working on that new community is a big deal. Yeah, the, I think the middle ground, the 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 population of people that are undecided or apathetic up until this point is is exponentially larger than those that are just that will never never convince otherwise um i mean i personally have friends that don't really want to discuss politics because they don't really want to take a side because it doesn't affect them on a daily basis and it's it's interesting there's there's a group of guys that you know i graduated high school with and we're still we're spread out, but we're still relatively close. And you have a couple of us that are, you know, I, I use this term conservative in our thought process. There's one that's apathetic and one that, you know, whether this term just like conservative is, is true to its current meaning or not is very liberal or what I would consider progressive in his thought process. And, and it, it's funny to watch <laughs> the the one that seems apathetic he just chuckles when we all get together and and we have very heated discussions but we go away with respect to one another and and just like you just alluded to Brian we don't change each other's mind but we have respectful discussions and, and that's that's maybe it's going to sway someone that's apathetic or make them you know it, it's good for them to have both vantage points but i digress to your point 
there are so many, there are millions of people out there now that now have a gun. They don't have any ammo. They, they understand that I feel like the majority from conversations that I've had, the majority understand that they're uneducated and they want to be educated, but they can't find ammo. And, um, that's a whole other issue, but so, but that is uh, definitely something that, um, you know, falls into the gun grabbers scheme, you know, absolutely get rid of the ammo. Well, maybe we can't get the guns, but we can get the ammo, you know, and if they can keep these, these, uh, 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 material constraints to be able to make the ammo at scarcity levels, continue to do that now that they've seen a way to do it through this pandemic, um, you know, who knows what's running through their little pea brains. Well, are you guys familiar with some of their strategies that they've they've proposed to attack the ammo supply in the past? Um, basically, registering each box, and you cannot um, have that that box of ammo, whether it be twenty rounds or fifty rounds, in your possession for greater than six months. Uh, they've proposed chemically altering the composition of the powder so that there's degradation. And after a year or two years, it'll be inert. You know, there's there's all kinds of things that they've proposed in the past that, that never did fly. But if they gain, if they gain the Senate seats, I mean, this this could be a perfect storm for them to possibly push this this agenda even further. So that's why we're talking about this. Yeah, and specifically, we're talking about sheriffs. So let's. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, that's what we're supposed to be well, talking about. <laughs> I mean, right. Okay. So b- before we get to that, we point, always chase so, rabbits around here. So yeah, and, and, and that's okay. So the 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 initial question was, how will citizens organize to oppose such attacks? Bottom line is, we have to be willing to invest the time to start meeting in, in small groups and then invite new people. And, and that's the hardest part because we have to allocate the time to do it. And that's tough. Um, to, to Brian's point, education, 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 period. We've got to bring new people in or those people that have jumped in by making their first gun purchase, we have to reach out to them and be supportive. And what's bad is the firearms community is, is an interesting mix because you have so many people that will tear others down before they reach out and say, hey, at least this person's trying. At least this person's um, taking those steps. And I want to be the one to foster that journey. So let's go. Let, let's help build this community. And that's where our mentality needs to be. So how do we do that? We reach out to these new gun owners. We try and bring new, new people in that maybe are a little bit curious. And I think one of the key components, and there are easy avenues to do this, is bring our youth into this. Educate our kids. Educate um, one of the most successful programs out there is 4-H shooting sports. And, um, for example, in the school district where I taught, there were so many kids that were thought of a gun. And they were like, oh, my gosh, that's scary. Well, it's because they didn't know any better or they just bought into some perception. And then some of those kids came into the 4-H group and thrived. They loved it. They were safe. They were educated. And it, and it completely changed their path in life as far as that perception. So there are some solutions there to build support in the community. All we have to do 
is put our brains and our passion behind it and build relationships. It's building relationships. So now, specifically, how do how do you? So here here's kind of some things that run through my head when you know we were talking about this and you guys were talking about going to our local sheriffs and talking to them is just like some of these sheriffs don't want to do uh, as opposed to this uh, this Chad sheriff there in California where he basically painted a big target on his back. A lot of sheriffs don't want to do that, and they're afraid to do that. Kind of the same thing as, a, as an individual where if I'm not really sure where my sheriff stands or my department stands, do I want to go and paint a target on my back at the same time? Uh paint a target on your back by doing what by going and letting them know where i stand and what i'm trying to do is like hey we're you know mr sheriff uh, you know i kind of want to know if this shit hits the fan how you guys are going to react and you know what you're going to do you know kind of thing yeah. but that by, so, by that point i've made myself known to them that you know i could be a potential okay. threat if they if they intend to that that's a risk we have to take and that that's that's basically in my opinion standing your ground that's making known where i stand as an individual here are my beliefs i'm especially if you're a law-abiding citizen that's responsible you have nothing to fear by reaching out so solution two reach out to your local law enforcement departments be it your police chief a friend that's a that's a police officer a friend that's a sheriff's deputy uh, initiate these conversations, uh, reach out to your sheriff. And a lot of times, you know, so here's what I faced. I, uh, I've spent some time with my local sheriff, um, on an informal basis, not anything where we've really truly gotten to know each other. I feel like I, I know enough people that know him well to really know where this, this man stands. I respect him. He's a huge supporter. When I was more involved in our 4-H youth sporting events, uh, shooting sports. I was a uh, rifle coach and he would come to our fundraising events and he supported these youth programs. So I reached out, I tried to have a conversation and basically it's, it's chaos at the sheriff's department because they're so busy. They're shorthanded, they're overworked. So I understand that. But he basically made the statement of, I'm going to support your constitutional right and I will absolutely defend that. And, and I appreciate that and I believe that. But my question, what, what that statement spawns is what does that really look like? So again, solution two to this is reaching out and trying to build those relationships. But know it's going to be difficult. Know that uh, just like us, time is their most precious commodity. They're overworked already. They want to go home to their families at the end of the day at some point and spend some time with them. They don't, but we've got to have these conversations. And the more people that they see reaching out to build this support, build this community and build this up, the more they're going to buy in because what's that going to do? That's going to just, that's going to increase um, their relationships within the community. So that that's an awesome thing. So even though it's going to be hard, even though you asking for someone's time is going to be, um, asking a lot, maybe shoot them an email to break the ice. So here's um, here's something. Again, these are elected officials. Sheriffs are elected officials. Elected officials. So yep. you you, you kind of the reason I asked that 
brought that up was, you know, going into it, you're going to kind of have an idea of what side they're on to begin with. And if you don't, again, you know, use your community. You know, talk to talk to other individuals. You know, who did you vote for? Why did you vote for this guy? What do you know about right. the sheriff? Uh, you know, you can do some um, uh, some investigation before you go and you approach them as well, uh, just and, to kind of get a feel. Thing, yeah, another thing when and you, they have websites uh, also. You can go to their websites. You can go to their social media pages. You can see the type of information that they're posting pushing out mm-hmm. yeah again i mean there's some investigative work some some things that you can do prior to if you're a little hesitant about approaching your local uh sheriff's office uh even even you know your local police chief whoever whoever it may be and, now and we were talking break- about police chief and sheriffs you know there's different there's differentiations there where a sheriff is an elected official your police chief is uh, typically an appointed position Right. Who do they answer to? Uh, you know, and, and uh, I honestly don't know enough about this. And this has really spurred me to to do my research is the police chief. Who does he answer to? City council, city manager. Um, you know, those are all mayor. questions that we mayor. Yeah. How 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 intertwined is all of that Boss relationship? Hog. And <laughs> he puts the, <laughs> the Dukes a hazard. Yeah. <laughs> They answered but the boss hog. If we think what about was boss to, hog? Was he a mayor? He was a mayor, I think. I was don't he know. The mayor Some of Hazard County, powerful big round guy that you know <laughs> tried to make money, you no, know, regardless of ethical boundaries, <laughs> right? Which is, I think, the way a lot of people view our um, uh, our system now. Anyway, it's corrupt. Yeah. If we think about how to initiate these conversations, even it doesn't matter if we're talking to law enforcement, if we're talking to our brother-in-law, if we're talking to our best friend or someone that's new to the, the community, think about these two different approaches. Specifically, a question to a law enforcement official. What are you going to do if they come take our guns? Come try and take our guns. That That's probably not going to solicit a very thoughtful response or even cause someone to want to invest time in that conversation. A better approach is with, well, in my opinion, but I'm just thinking out loud, what if steps are taken legislatively or through executive power that's going to limit our ability to possess things that we possibly already have or impact our ability to buy firearms in the future? What, how is that going to play out? And again, I think so many of them have adopted the broad statement of, well, I'm going to protect your constitutional rights. Okay, how? Let's think about what that looks like on a day-to-day basis in reality. What steps are you going to take? What can I do to help you and support you in this community? And how do we move forward? So anyway, just think it out loud. Well, and this really, it occurs to me, very, very strongly state by state and county by county. Um, for instance, I'm, I'm quite certain that I will continue to produce firearms no matter what. Um, and the state of Idaho, as I've mentioned before, has a laws on the book saying that it, it will not recognize any new federal firearms laws. So, so it's, a, it's a sanctuary state, right? That's a good way of putting it. And so, you know, that... 
that works out great for selling inside Idaho, but the feds, you know, have a very strong um, claim, at least they think they do, on interstate commerce. And so my ability to stay open and ship to California, say, might become inhibited. And so, and, you know, when I did live in California, um, this is why I say it just very so, you know, and as a private citizen, uh, my, and in a very liberal county, um, arguably the most liberal county in, in California, I was not with friends or allies. And so, you know, certain people need to, well, everybody needs to figure out what their red line in the sand is, but there are strategically smart and strategically dumb red lines. And, um, you know, this has been bandied about a lot of, if the Gestapo comes to your door to take your guns, what do you do? And some people are of the opinion (laughs) that, uh, from my cold dead hands and other people are like, no, you know, don't keep your guns in one place. And, uh, you know, live to fight another day and uh, act accordingly when they leave your door and go to the next guy's door. So, so you, you brought up in a previous episode, an important statement that speaks to that. Don't fight the enemy's fight. Right. 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 And and that's what we're trying to avoid is that mentality uh, from my cold dead hands. Not that there won't be, God forbid, and we hope that it's not going to get to that point. But there, that's that's my point in, in this entire discussion is there is obvious um, real estate between where we are now and that point in time. So what do we do? Well, and, and my point is that, that that real estate shrinks dramatically based on where you are in the country. Absolutely. And so... For some individuals, the right move might be move while, move geographically while you while still you can, <laughs> um, because you know I don't know about you guys, but I'm not running into New York City to defend those gun owners' rights. Like, no. sorry guys, you're on your own. Um, my 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 dedication is to my community and my state, um, but you know, and I'm not going to be you know flying airdrops of freedom guns into California. That's not happening. And so people, there's scopes of of concern and scopes of influence. And so that's why it's such a complex issue to me is that it really depends on where you are. Um, But I'm also, uh, I am reminded of a quote from James Yeager, or maybe, you know, he got it from somebody else, but I learned it from him. That uh, if you think it's time to bury your guns, it's time to dig them up. And uh, I didn't used to believe that. And as I understood more things, I, I now firmly believe it. And so, you know, there's an epidemic of cash videos on how to how to hide your guns. And to me, that's that's a, a loot that is not a, a wise strategy for longevity uh, or it might be for longevity, but not for the longevity of liberty. And, um, you know, and I'm speaking strictly of a tyrannical government in the future that um, is infringing on our constitutional rights. Well, and and if we think about government, um, again, this is why I keep circling back to our our individual communities to what, to your point that you just said, Um, as the layers of government get larger, then our self-reliance, there should be less reliance on any form of, of government as those circles 
and influence get larger and we need to start coming back to our communities. And it, that doesn't matter if you're talking about supporting local businesses and local economy, um, build, you know, building relationships in your community, because here's an example. I know this, maybe that this is just what popped into my mind. I graduated with like 237 kids in my graduating class, knew every one of them, knew all their names, knew their faces, knew something about them. Today, kids are like, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I don't know that person. Their, their sphere has shrunk tremendously. And the same goes for us as adults. For, for most people, we don't get out and, and know the people in our local community anymore. And as, and, and if, if all of this, um, this COVID madness, if, if it hasn't taught us that, that we have to start relying on our community, then we've lost an opportunity to learn something through that. And that plays right into this discussion. We have to rely on our community. So, you know, Marty and I were talking before we started is we we're posing all these questions and, and Marty said, we've got to come up with some solutions. And, and that's what we all need to be about is solutions. But that's what we wanted to do is, is get the wheels turning in all of you leadheads and think about the gap from where we're at to from my cold dead hands or from where we're at to come and take it because we can capitalize on this. We can build relationships. We can build up our local communities. We can get to know our local law enforcement and local officials and ask them the question. So what if the state takes a stand? What if you're in a liberal, you're, you're in a state that's led by a liberal governor and legislators. Again, the pilot program was Virginia and every damn sheriff in the state said, nope, not happening. Even the DPS said, nope, not happening. And what, what, there were whispers from the leadership of the state being the, the governor and the legislators of, well, we're just going to bring in federal enforcement. That, that's where I was going to go with that. It's like, okay. So if you're, if your local sheriffs are on board and they're behind you and they're not, you know, they're not going to want to take action against some sort of a federal um, mandate that maybe the governors or mayors or whatever are trying to impose and, and push then, you know, the next step was more than likely is going to be some sort of federal intervention. And at that point, you know, that's a whole other level. That's a whole other can of worms, you know. And then, so I think the, then the we're getting into then we're getting into the, you know, are, are we looking at the tyrannicalness of uh, of the Second Amendment at that point? And, and I don't remember. I saw this on a video. Maybe it was Chad Bianco, Sheriff Bianco's. Um, what if this is this is a question that I want to ask my sheriff when I that, that's why I don't want just this answer that he gave of, well, I'm going to support your constitutional rights. What if the state itself or the feds, but let's say at the state level, what if the state tries to enforce something and the sheriff stands against it and the state says, well, we're just going to withhold state funding? What's the answer going to be then? I don't know if any of these guys have really thought through that. Yeah. That's a line in the sand. And that gets into our self-sufficiency as a community as well. Yep. As the, if, our, if our local law enforcement and uh, emergency services is so dependent on the, on the federal government or the state government, federal government to get their funding 
and they can use that and hold that over their heads to get what they want, which that's what a lot of them are doing. It's like if you don't comply, then you're not going to get your your funding. Um, and, you know, I guarantee you that's what this Chad Bianco sheriff is facing as well. But at the same time, sure. you know, he's made a stance and he said, look, uh, but apparently he's got his community behind him. And, you know, that behind him means not only of, you know, f- in support-wise as far as, you know, we're behind you, we support you, yay, we're great what you're doing, but there's got to be financial support there also. Sure. So if they're going to cut this off, then, you know, there's, there has to be dollars still flowing to to support those departments. And where does or, that come or, from? Right, and that's going to have to come from the people, you know. Right. So, Again, we dive. That's that's we can spend forever talking about that. So that's going to um, enable your that's going to enable your your local department. If you get your tribe together, you get your local people together, and then you have to make the decision there. And then you approach as a group. You approach your your sheriff's department or whatever it may be, because sheriffs are different depending on each state, each county. Uh, you know, on what their actual roles are, but. Um, once you've got that group together and you've made a decision, it's like, look, we've got the, you know, we've got the backing now to enable this guy to be able to stand up, you know, to give him a backbone. Right. Well, it, I think it's important to highlight that this is just one part of the great reset. Mm. And, um, to loop back on that previous episode, um, I hope everybody was keeping their spidey senses up for the, the magic words that indicate that you are hearing from a great reset propagandist, but Janet Yellen was just uh, put forth by, by Biden or whoever has their hand up Biden's ass, you know, pulling the strings (laughs) as a puppet um, to, uh, to put her forth as head of treasury. And the acceptance speech she gave is worth finding because it is nearly a verbatim summary of the goals of the Great Reset. And she even uses the magic word, we won't just build the economy back, we'll build it back better. And so she's she's talking about using the powers of the Treasury to um, address climate change, class injustice, and racial injustice, to use and the Treasury was, for that. That was the Treasury Secretary? Yep. And okay. she was head of the Fed for a while, if I remember correctly. And, um, you know, the hard one of the bright spots is that the hard left, the Bernie supporters and all them are seriously pissed um, that the Biden administration is full of swamp creatures and um, is exactly what we thought it would be. Um, and just the worst of the radical left and the mainstream left put together. And so gun control is just one part of this and um, full control of corporations, including mine, is part of that agenda where, you know, I would have to give um, quarterly reports on what I'm doing to hire a racially diverse um, uh, population. And obviously I don't give two shits what color somebody is or where they come from. I care if they're competent. Um, but and also what I'm doing to address climate change and to become, you know, carbon zero, carbon neutral and, you know, what I'm doing to reduce the epidemic of gun violence in this country while I'm making guns, which obviously means they would aim to put me out of business. And so, um, 
you know, this, we don't want to get blinders on that it's just gun control that's at stake. It's our entire way of life. And I don't mean to sound hyperbolic here, but, but that's what it is. And so part of what I've been doing with outreach with my local government is trying to very respectfully and in a condensed way, because these guys don't have time, is to put forth enough resources to them so that they can see the big picture as to what's going on. And um, so to the degree that that we can address this holistically, um, that, hey, this all means socialism, look out. And the response has been very positive from from the people in government that I've that I've discussed these things with. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to derail the conversation, but at the same time, it's not just guns. No, no, you you so you struck on at a very important point is I can't tell you how many people in this last election said, "Well, this is the first time I voted." They're in their forties, and I just wanted to thrash them, but. There are so many elections that are so much more important than the presidential election, and it's our local elections. And again, it comes back to the time thing, but we may have to consider possibly running for office at a local level. If we want to get in and make a change, we may have to step up and lead. And that's damn hard when you're a business owner and you've got, but people do it, you know? Um, So to that political point, you, if you're, reaching out and working with your local political leaders leadership you may wind up needing to step up and and take a greater role and that's something that um i think in many ways people are a little bit fearful of but you know these are times that we may have to be willing to step up i think i'm a little too plain plain spoken to run for office because i'll piss a lot of people off no i I, i'm sure it's already been founded but i was having the same thought this past election season um, of, of founding the uh, the Leave Me the Fuck Alone party and that <laughs> my single platform would be to vote no on anything that in increased regulation, period. And I think that your voice for the, for the folks who just want to be left the fuck alone, I, I think that that's a somewhat easier position to take and would be very popular next time around. Right. And so no, that's that's heavily what's on the, my. Uh, what's the acronym for that? Lemon is it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> yeah, already got a website picked out. Yeah, <laughs> already stapled um, for you, definitely. Um, that is one of the largest voting groups out there right now. I think that nobody is championing. Is <laughs> leave me alone. We're okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that'll be a popular platform coming up here. But I think those are the same people that are sitting on their ass and, and not wanting to get involved, you know, because they just want to be left alone and they don't want to stick their necks out. Well, and, and I would say that that's not sitting on your ass. I think that's a principled, honorable position. I just think that, that but the, somebody... But the way that this system works, you can't sit on your ass or you're just going to get railroaded over, you know? Not to speak. You're going to get lemoned. <laughs> so uh, before i forget so okay. i think marty you were you were going um down this road is if the local either state or local law enforcement choose not to stand up and say look i'm not going to enforce it then what is the federal task force going to look like 
because you can bet your ass that it's already in the works. Maybe it's called DHS. Um, how do they have to reach out to local LE before they take steps? I don't know. That's a question that I've been dying to ask someone and get a, get an answer. Um, you know, how many steps can they take at the state level? And again, um, maybe that will spur further separation of state and federal powers. Well, there, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of examples of this. Um, Humboldt County in California, um, north of me around Ruby Ridge, there's Waco, there's Key West or the Florida Keys, where the feds have gone in um, with troops in some cases, like in Humboldt and, um, and in the Keys for drug running or drug interdiction. And, um, you know, I, it, it appears that sometimes, well, and, you know, the feds will, when early on, I think this was during the Bush years in Santa Cruz County, where I used to live, the feds would just randomly show up and raid the pot farms, the medical pot farms. This was before recreational. They would just show up randomly and trash a pot farm and arrest everybody there. And uh, so they do appear to be able to just sweep in, but um, the there's a fundamental problem <laughs> that uh, I'll just use local law enforcement as an example, that while police are at work, they are not at home. And if there is violence against tyrannical law enforcement folks, whether on the, the government, you know, whatever strata you're talking about, they can't protect their houses and go off and be tyrannical at the same time. And so my suspicion is, though I would never publicly advocate for violence, that um, that this would be a self-correcting problem. Um, and, and in the case of Idaho, I don't think that local law enforcement would stand for a federal raid um, for very long. And and it, it was I think it's easier when you've got religious wackos like the Davidians or uh, white separatists like uh, like Randy Weaver's family, where it's some isolated thing. But the the door to door collection of guns by federal troops, I just don't see that happening personally. I don't think it's a, a big risk factor. Does that make sense to you guys? Absolutely. I, I don't. I think you're going to be hard pressed to get people to move against, you know, their the American populace. Um, well, I think they'll, they'll do just like they did in the past. Like you're talking about, if it comes down to that is they'll target a group, you know, they'll find a group that's already well organized and, and, you know, make it a movement and, and squelch them to, to keep others from following suit. Yeah. This is a real bummer with the militia movement is that, you know, I started researching, why the feds were so keyed on keyed in on the weavers and um while i think that was an abominable act and um that our current attorney general should never have been able to be hired for anything more than i don't know uh, he should be unemployable with what he did at, with the weavers um but um there is a history before the weavers of some really nasty people in the militia movement doing really nasty stuff and doing bank robberies and bearer bonds thefts and, you know, white supremacist activity that really shit the nest for a positive militia movement that was simply 
more along the lines of what the National Guard is thought of as. And um, so I think it's a it's a dicey proposition. One has to be very careful when training with others to defend their communities um, in how they conduct themselves. And I don't I don't have a I don't have any answers there. I just would urge people to look back at the history of it and uh, to understand the pitfalls and and why we are where we are. And it's it's unfortunately not as simple as I would like it to be. Yeah, be a student of history. That's that's the best way to learn about how you should move forward. Definitely. Well, this has been a good good conversation. Um, we didn't really talk about the sheriffs, you know, kind of like we were going to talk about, but uh, I think it really kind of led down to where we, the main topic of what we really needed to talk about here, and it's. Uh, again, you know, and we've talked about this in, in previous Liberty episodes, you know, it's building your tribe, you know, it's, it's learning your community, getting to know your community, being involved in your community. Uh, you know, that's how ultimately you're going to get to know your sheriff and your, you know, all the people on the police department and your emergency services. And if they know you personally, you know them personally, then uh, you're going to have a better idea of what direction things are going to head when it comes your direction. So. Uh, you know that's the best way is to get involved, stay involved. You can't be you can't be a recluse, like I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's where well, treating treating people like people is um, on all sides. Um, like I said, I've gotten to be friends with a bunch of cops in town, and uh, sure, there's some jerks, but there's some really good people out there too. And uh, every time we can reach out to a cop and remind them that that. You know, they they deal with a lot of bad people and having positive interactions with good people is good for them and it's good for us. Yeah, absolutely. And there's ways that you can, again, subvertly get the information. Uh, I just did a little Facebook search on my local sheriff's department and they've got a Facebook page and they're making posts of who's getting promotions and who did, you know, this and who's getting honored for that and uh, you know, different things like that. So another way that you can keep up with uh, what's going on with your local sheriff's department. Same thing, I guess, with your um, police police department. Police as well. force. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm sure they have the same type of uh, of things. But again, it's out there. It's it's building the community. It's at the gym. Uh, I don't know how many police officers work out at the at the gym that I work out. You know, I see them every day going in and that's a good time where you know you can have a conversation with one and just you know catch them being real you know off, yep. off duty relaxed they got the endorphins kicking them you know they're, they're more apt to speak their mind <laughs> in, in situations like that uh, but don't corner them you know just do it do it in a, no, you, a friendly non-intrusive kind of way um, but yeah, so there, yeah, there are all kinds of different you, ways. And I really miss Jay not being on here today. Cause I know he would have yeah, all kinds of, of knowledge bombs, uh, for us, but, uh, we'll get, we'll get him on, you know, he'll, he'll be back in an upcoming episode. Uh, but this was a good, well, a good we'll, topic, be- uh, Jared, I appreciate you, um, pushing for us to do this episode. Um, it was, it was interesting. Well, it would be great to, to hear a lot of feedback from the leadheads out there and, and uh, you know, give us your thoughts because that's, that's why we do this is, 
is putting this out there, initiating the conversation, getting everybody's brains and, and gears turning, and, and let's let's come up with solutions together because that's that's, you know, what and that's we're, a good point. And we are do. a community. This this podcast is a community. We have our own community within this podcast of our listeners and uh, you know our social media, and it's a great platform for you guys to get conversations started. So feel free on Talking Leads Facebook page, Instagram page. Just started the parlor. You know, I'm doing the parlor, but I haven't really done anything with it yet. I don't know. Again, I haven't had time to research it and, and figure out how to make posts and stuff. But uh, those are great places for you guys to start conversations. And I know you've done it in the past. And I've seen some good conversations go back and forth between you leadheads. So uh, you can do that. And you can always email me, talkinglead at gmail.com. If there's a particular topic or subject, or maybe there's just a you know a question or issue that you have about something, get in touch with me, and I can get in touch with uh, people who know things um, more than me. Obviously, that's why I have you guys on the show. So, um, but that that's a great place to start right there with the with the Leadhead Brigade community, and we can get a lot done. And we're we're nationwide. We're already branched out. You know, so. Absolutely. A great network. It's, a, it's an awesome network. So if you want to, you lead heads want to maybe start a, a lead head brigade, I don't know, what would you call it? Fire team? Uh, feel free to do that. Get in touch with me and we'll talk about it. A great place to start would be what Jared and I talked about earlier is going to the range, getting training. You know, there's there's a community right there of like-minded individuals and uh, get to know the people that you're training with also. There's a lot of police officers that take those training courses too. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple of, of police officers weren't going to take our class, the AK Concepts class that we're going to have February 20th and 21st at Royal Range USA here in Nashville. Boy, am I looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun time. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, we were speaking earlier, if you're, you know, Short on ideas for Christmas gifts, that would make a great Christmas gift for a loved one right there uh, or two. Uh, or maybe just help, help them. Maybe they want to take the course. They don't have all the money. You know, get together with a couple of family members and buy a gift certificate from 212 Training Group that they could put towards the, the class. You've got a couple of months now to, to save up, find your ammo. Uh, again, if you're short on ammo, get in touch with Royal Range. Uh, last I talked, they had ammo. Uh, Art's really good about getting uh, supplies there for them. I don't think they really had a shortage on anything. They've they've been well stocked with guns and ammo and everything. But uh, go ahead and secure that ammo if you're you know considering taking that class. It'd be a good and if you don't step. if you don't have an AK and you're interested in the platform and in this class, reach out to us. Let us know. We've got a we've got a couple of demo guns and uh, they're pretty badass 1775s. Um, but I'll caution you, you get behind one, you're going to want one and they're in high demand right now. But anyway, if you're, if you're curious about the platform and you don't have one, uh, we can, we can hook you up. We can make it happen. That's right. And, uh, speaking of the AK corner, it's going to be kicking back up in January, January 15th. We're going to start season three of the talking lead AK corner. Looking forward to that. We've got some people lined up. And uh, I know you guys aren't going to be disappointed in our, our first episode of Season 3. Something to look forward to in January. Very good, comrades. Right, right. 
So any parting words for the Leadheads? Man, I hope that you guys really spend some time digesting this and thinking about it and starting to build a community uh, around you because that's really what it's going to take. I don't have the answers when, when, you know, Marty and I talked and Brian and I talked, we don't have all the answers, but I think together with this community, we can, we can figure out the, the right steps forward. And I think we can make a lot of progress. We can build a lot of support. It's just going to take investing in each other and investing in people. And that's what we need to, we need to do. Very good. Brian, any, anything you want to say? Yeah, I'll beat the drum again on taking that new gun owner to the range. And if they don't have ammo, uh, maybe drop them 50 rounds and then do some dry practice. And carefully, if you're not competent to do dry practice, don't teach it. But if you are, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. But if you know how to do dry practice correctly um, and feel competent to instruct others on it, you know, people don't need ammo to train. And so... You know, no, there's some well. great systems out there that um, uh, you can drop into your existing firearm and do some great dry fire training uh, with laser technology and uh, infrared technology. Yep, big time. Yeah, they're uh-huh. out there. Just Google them. You can find them. And, uh, you know, you don't want to use that ammo. That's that's the place to go. That's the direction to head. Yep. Uh, yep. <clears throat> Depending on the instructor... You know, I haven't heard anybody say it should be less than uh, than 80% dry practice for your training regimen. So, you know, and Sonny, I think, says 90%. So, yeah. you know, 15 minutes a day or even five minutes a day, you know, following the, the procedure to keep it safe. No ammo in the room. Double checking, verbalizing it. This is, you know, including but not limited to those things. Um, I have a lot of friends who have cracked one off. Um, after they had finished dry practice, they reloaded their gun and they were like, ah, just one more. And they forgot <laughs> they had loaded their gun. So mm. like I said, it's, it's putting your finger on the trigger. You own every trigger press, regardless of whether there's, you know, if there's a bullet in there or not pointing in a safe direction, all that stuff, it's a big deal, but super powerful. So if you haven't gotten trained on that, you might want to sign up for that two twelve class. Um, or, uh, there's a bunch of other competent people, but I know Jared will teach that it's a big skill right now. And, uh, yeah, get after it. There you go. And then don't forget about the big giveaway that talking lead and full 30 is doing to promote our launching of the talking lead channel on full 30 network. Uh, you go there, sign up, subscribe to our channel. Uh, we've got links in our Instagram where you can go for the contest. We've got five prize packages, five huge prize packages. Each prize package is going to have gun and a gun and ammo in it, uh, in addition to uh, you know total of ten thousand dollars of of prizes in this giveaway that we're doing. And these these prize packages are are stacked. I'm telling you. Um, so first place, we're looking at a Browning Buckmark 22 pistol. With a stealth project suppressor, 22 rimfire suppressor, you're going to get a Gosley Everyday Carry Pistol Pack, a Buck Knives 112 Slim Pro, Crossbreed Holsters is throwing in a Concealed Carry Weapons Pack, which is a holster belt and mag pouch, 
Glow Rhino is throwing in a couple of their tritium products that they've got to help you see your keychain and whatnot in the dark. Armament Systems and Procure and uh, Procedures, sorry, ASP USA. Uh, our good buddy Michael Hess over there is thrown in one of their T1 dual fuel rechargeable flashlights, an essential piece of any EDC kit. Operator Coffee, I mean, you got to have coffee to keep you going. Going to throw in a bag of Operator Coffee in each of these prize packages. Prime One Camo is throwing in uh, a nice jacket with their camo pattern on there. Mission First Tactical is ponied up, and they're throwing in a lot of stuff. They've got pepper spray. I mean, who doesn't need the pepper spray? They're throwing in one of their M18 Red Smoke Grenade uh, drinkware uh, drink bottles. So you could throw your coffee in that and... Uh, be cool while you're drinking your your coffee they got tactical dump trays and a tactical wallet with the talking lead logo on there for you uh armors obsidian arms has thrown in one of their uh world renowned 12-piece punch kits and they are also throwing in an enhanced ar-15 bolt carrier pin kit and these are from the backpack down this is in every one of the prize packages of the five prize packages you're getting uh, all of this stuff. Modern Spartan Systems, their starter kit plus, and their TVT engine oil additive. Ready Man Network, they're throwing in a survival card and a hostage escape card, <laughs> which I think it's like a lock picking kit or something like that. It's pretty cool. Um, but you can go to these websites and you can check these prizes out and see details about everything. Um, you know, we had Jeff Kirkham on last episode and we talked about the importance of of knowing uh, your medical uh, procedures and being able to, you know, how important it is to be able to treat uh, a wounded individual. You know, you're going to need that skill more often than you're going to need your firearm skill. They're putting Absolutely. in a compact bleeder kit, and Student of the Gun is putting in their com- combat lifesaver kit and their pocket lifesaver kit. So we've got a lot of uh, med kits that are going to be included. Uh, you're going to get a Student of the Gun T-shirt, uh, double tap ammo is throwing in ammo for each of the guns. Uh, talking lead, we're putting in T-shirts and patches. 1776 United's putting in a gift card. And to kick back and relax at the end of the day, Founders Cigar Company is putting in a sampler pack of their uh, high-end cigars. So all that and then some for <laughs> the, the Talking Lead Full 30 Gun Shortage Giveaway is what we're calling it. I'm calling it the Christmas Ain't Canceled giveaway because um, we ain't canceling Christmas for nobody, baby. Uh, but Gleam, it's a Gleam giveaway. Um, like I said, the links are in our social media, Facebook. I've made posts there, Instagram. You click on the link there. Uh, I'll give it to you here, and you can type it in. I don't know if it'll help you or not, but it's gleam, G-L-E-A-M dot I-O forward slash E-Y-T seven R forward slash talking lead dash lead dash full dash 30 dash giveaway. Or it's easier just to go to the link and click on it. Or shoot me an email, talkinglead at gmail.com, and I'll send you the link. Uh, we want to get all you lead heads the ability to to enter this. Uh, I mentioned earlier, I mean, the first day we had over 40,000, uh, entries into this on the first day that we released it. I don't know what it's up to now. I mean, there's no telling, 
but with all these companies pushing and promoting it, I mean, we should have well over a million uh, people getting in, involved with this. So not too late. Jump in, do it. We're going to announce the winner or we're going to have the winner picked Christmas Eve, and then we'll announce it either Christmas Day or, or soon after. Um, but it's going to be a great Christmas for five of you leadheads out there. So what do you awesome. guys what do you guys think about that giveaway? Is that not like the most awesome giveaway ever? Absolutely. Do we do Baller. It? We do it right here at Talking Lead. I don't, <laughs> I don't think right. I don't think anybody else, bar none, podcast, YouTube channels, anything gives away more and and supports our listeners more than Talking Lead. So make sure you guys go because our sponsors make this possible and show them love. Go to their websites. Go to their social media pages. Let them know that you're a leadhead and that you appreciate all of this, everything that they do, all these these prizes that they give, all these samples that they give out, all these discount codes that they give out. Occam Defense Solution, when he first kicked off his uh, 1775, he really set you leadheads up, and you were able to get those guns for way under market value and uh, – uh, those that jumped on it know exactly what I'm talking about now. Um, but, uh, you know, good quality guns are at 1776 United. Talk about what you guys got going on right now, Brian. 1776 United at Occam Defense Solutions. Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. It's Occam late. Defense Solutions. Um. <laughs> I've had the COVID, so, you know, my brain brain's not all there. Yeah. No, you're, you're being <laughs> – I don't know that the brain was all there before, but it never has been. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we love you. Um, now, uh, we're, we're stacking a lot of steel right now to make sure that we can continue to pump guns out through the next month or so where things could get a little, a little spicy. Um, we have a new product drop that I alluded to last show that, uh, is, at anodizing right now, Jared has been testing one for us along with a couple of our other shooters and, um, about to drop on that. And, um, yeah, just figuring out our big focus right now is, is that two is one and one is none. And so we're just doubling up on suppliers as much as possible to make sure that we have a steady stream of inputs that continues to be our biggest challenge. And, uh, right now we've got yeah, a bunch of great opportunities that we're working. And what's and your backlog right now? What's your backlog look like? Um, we're about to order open orders back up here. I put out a video. We prices have been rising so fast that we've barely barely been making ends meet because we'll we'll price a gun out and take a pre order on it, and then by the time that that gun's ready to be built, you know we're we're not. I'm not going to say losing money, but but it, it was very, very tight. Yeah. And so we're moving for the next few months here, at least we're going to move to a, we build it, then you can buy it model. And, um, so there, there've been some people on a, on a wait list that are hopping on that, but we're about to draw actually, by the time this comes out, it will have been announced on social media. Um, but we'll be doing batches of guns, uh, for the next few months here. I think that's the big change is we've cleared almost all of the backlog and now we're into just basically building, Hey, we built this. Do you want to buy it? Okay. Very good. I, I, and, I knew at I, a time there with that backlog that there were some people that, for whatever reason, weren't able to, to go through with their purchase and you were offering you know, those on. So is that still maybe an opportunity people need to keep their eye out for? Well, yeah, except it'll be like, hey, we got 10 gun, ten olive drab guns with flash hiders. Do you want one? Call I us. You. I got you. Yeah. Yep. 
So uh, all your back orders are caught up and you're good on those then. There's a few people, but yeah, we're about to clear the last back order in the next couple of weeks here. Um, so yeah, we're, we're pretty well caught up and, uh, yeah, we'll be able to just put them up on the website and say, go. Cool. Um, so, yep. And I, and I want to share a little, um, little information. We just got back just before Thanksgiving, uh, teaching with HSP Halo strategic D three or D five and D three AK. The first time we've ever done D three AK in Phoenix. And I had the, the 1775 rifle and pistol there. And I didn't, I really didn't shoot them very much because people were coming, wanting to try them. And I literally had to go ask for the guns back. And people were like, man, that, that is so smooth and flat and had nothing but great input back uh, from, from the shooters, from the consumers. And they were uh, super reliable, ran like sewing machines. And it's just awesome to see that response uh, from people. And they say, damn, Bob, where can I get one? And uh, so go, go talk to Brian and uh, he'll set you up. Um, and if you, if you have other questions about them, feel free to, to reach out to me. And, and I've been running them for a couple of years. Well, the rifle for a year and a half, Brian, two, around approaching that. two years now. Going yeah, on approaching two years. Yep. Yep. That's right. So uh, anyway, just phenomenal platforms. Um, if you're in Texas, local to central Texas, and you want to come try one, reach out to me because you can come run them as much as you want to. Very cool. And then, of course, I'm using mine for hunting, deer hunting this season. Um, I went out for a couple of days when uh, rifle season opened here the first two days, and that's when I got sick after that, a uh, day or two after that, and I've not been able to go out since. But uh, I'm feeling better now, and I anticipate that uh, the next couple of days I will be out, back out, using that 1775, and I wouldn't be surprised. Keep your eyes on social media. Uh, for a glamour shot next to a deer. <laughs> I look forward to that. Yeah, that yeah. I it, it's fun seeing trophy gripping grins with the 1775 in there. I enjoy that a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Casey Loftus, a, a leadhead, has been, I don't know if he's got a 1775 yet, but he's been a, a longtime customer of mine and definitely used the RST, which is a sort of a more classic optic mount. Um, to take down at least a few deer that I'm aware of. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun for me to see that. So, if you guys are posting on the gram or whatever, please tag me. And, uh, yeah, love to see it. Perfectly viable um, game hunting rifle. No doubt about it. All right, guys, that does it for another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Again, make sure you go and support those that sponsor this show, Caltech Weapons, Modern Spartan Systems, Aqua Defense Solutions, 212 Training Group, uh, ASP USA, uh, among others. Uh, we, you know who they are. Uh, each and every week we bring them to you. Uh, and then Mission First Tactical also use that code LEADHEAD to get 20% off at Mission First Tactical. Uh, so until the next episode, I look forward to hearing from you LEADHEADS, talkingled at gmail.com, or hit us up on the social medias. Make sure that you subscribe to our uh, Facebook, I guess. I mean, who who does Facebook much anymore? But Instagram, the Parlor. Again, I'm kicking that off, and most importantly, the Full Thirty channel. Go and subscribe to the Talking Lead 
uh, podcast on the Full 30 channel. Uh, the more support that we get from you guys, the more that we're going to be doing. You know, like as, as mentioned in the last episode, we're going to be looking at doing some more uh, videos, uh, actual videos of things outside of the show. Uh, and then we may even start doing the show live, too. Uh, well, maybe not live, but we'll record it. So we're looking into some options for that as well. Uh, but until then, as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms closer. And never stop learning. <laughs>